Hello again, dear listeners, to another chilling season of the Dying for Midnight podcast. Dim the lights, close the curtains, embrace yourself for the horror movie discussion that awaits you. Our season two journey into the heart of terror begins now. <laughs> We're back, DFM fam. This is Carrie. And this is not Carrie. This is Case. We are at the first Friday of February, straight from the DFM vault. Happy Groundhog Day, too, by the way. I actually forgot about this until we were doing the episode guide and I was looking at the calendar. Um, I told Jake last year when we were doing the episode guide that we needed a season two, kind of like a part two horror movie theme, like a sequel theme. And I started going around calling season two the revenge. And he just, it might have been the time that we were recording the howling. He like just quiz, quizzically messaged me or looked at me and said, revenge towards what or whom exactly? So Jake, if you're listening, touche. So down went the confusing part two themes for this season. And uh, I know you kind of looked at me weird too when I said that. So I'm glad to have you and Jake uh, here to keep me on track. I think you just like revenge movies. I'm I'm totally a part two revenge, like Freddy's revenge type of guy. Um, there's no subtitles for most of the early, well, all of the early Jason movies. But anyways... The one thing I will try to learn from season one is the not going on as many rants. So here we go. Anyways, we ended season one this past December. We've been away, dear listener, for the past month and a half or so to take a pod break. We we needed it. And while we were busy with some normie stuff, kid stuff, holidays, um, there were a lot of times that we sat down over the holiday break to watch something. We're like, oh, we should do a bonus episode. Um, but you know what? We did miss doing this. It it definitely, I'm looking forward to getting back into the routine. Um, you know, maybe we'll throw a couple uncut micro episodes in here or there very soon. So, um, for those of you that are new, that are just tuning in to the Dime for Midnight podcast for the first time, Carrie and I welcome you. So does Jake and the male wolf. And every once in a while, our kids, zombie toots and ghostly puppers may join us. Um, if it is your first time tuning in, we encourage you to go back, check out our season one catalog where we've got about 45 episodes and about a half a dozen or so bonus episodes covering much to carrying Jake's mis- dismay, uh, not just a mix of franchise films, um, some quizzical choices are thrown in there. Thanks to yours truly. And you know what? We had some independent flicks in season one that you may not have uh, considered yet. You can check out our little pseudo 90 style Blair Witch website and die for midnight. 
Also, you could just get, say Case didn't spend enough time on the website yet, and that's why it looks that way. Has our link tree. Um, RSS, really, they're our main kind of hub for distribution. It'll take our DFM pod to most of your favorite listening platforms. If there's, um, you know, anything that you'd like to do to support our team, it would be appreciated. You can reach our tip jar. Um, it's got PayPal or Stripe capability on that, I believe. Tips receive a shout out. Um, that also help our lovely friend, the male wolf and our head content contributor. He, you might've gotten to know, or maybe if you're new, that would be Jake. As I mentioned earlier, the midnight traveler is his moniker. Um, that's his segment. The male wolf, if you've started going back to our catalog or you've been with us since the beginning, the male wolf kind of has morphed from reading letters to providing us with a streaming and physical media guide for each week's film. Um, we may get back to letter soon. Um, here and there, Jake discusses in his segment um, every week uh, his first experience watching a film, and he will always pull, uh, excuse me provide us with a plot overview. And of course, per usual, we will hear from him later. And if there is a horror movie you really want us to cover, or you want to write us a little note to include on the pod, please be nice. <laughs> please reach out to us on Twitter X account is DFM Mailwolf. Or via email at dfmmailwolf. Yep, that's two yep. M's. You got to include the two M's because people are like, I tried <laughs> to get a hold of you. And I'm like, well, yeah, that's not the right address. It's two M's. Sorry for being a pain there. But uh, yeah, I mean, we're on Instacarry, right? We are, but we're not quite as active as we would like to be, but we're there. Yeah, you know what? The X, it still feels weird calling it X, but like the X community, like specifically the Mutant Fam, all the last driving people, that's most um of our following our listeners from there but anyways we do have a season one guide if you kind of go back into our instas and twitter verse um you'll see the season one guide but i'm going to go ahead and pin it again soon along with the season two guide um check us out there we do have a facebook group that's not as big of a following we're doing a lot more communicating on x and then insta maybe we'll try to we talked about uploading more videos this coming season so yeah you can kind of see our little DFM vault, uh, which is really just the basement in our house uh, <laughs> where we record. But um, now, moving right along, uh, let me just say that it is part of DFM tradition, I guess, all of two seasons now, where when we start off, we are going to uh, have a drink. So we're having a little dram of whiskey now to start off this episode. Ting. Ting. <laughs> uh, bottoms up, Carrie. Hmm. Drinking some Port Charlotte whiskey from Scotland. But um, yeah, as I was starting to say before, got sidetracked by the booze. Um, if you didn't read the episode description this week, we are at season two, the first one of the season, episode 46, or what we like at DFM here to call the best in the body horror business. And yes, there is an argument that it's not who we're going to talk about today and that it's maybe, say, Clive Barker from the Hellraiser movies. And while we like those movies, um, Cronenberg's our guy. The, this is the one who we're picking. We'll throw down with anybody who argues with us. The good thing is we get to have these discussions. Um, we're talking about, of course, yeah, David Cronenberg and his breezy and effective 88-minute 1975 Canadian body horror masterpiece featuring, I don't know what you'd call these things, love-inducing little parasites, one part aphrodisiac and one part venereal disease. Um, it's a Montreal containment masterpiece. 
master. Oh my god. I almost said something I don't want to say. <laughs> Containment masterpiece. <laughs> might have been some of the other master on there too. Shivers. And uh, we're just at the very, very early stages of Valentine season. So yeah. I'm kind of glad we're covering this sexual horror movie. Yeah, and you've actually been to Montreal. I have. I was... This was 2015, and I had pneumonia while I was at Montreal. And I was pissed at you for going. And Yeah, this was for a, a normie work thing. It was like one of those things. Set up a booth where everybody just wants free stuff. But anyways, stayed in an RV, as a matter of fact. And actually, come to think of it, I was not far too far from this location because I was outside Montreal near where they shot this movie, to, as a matter of fact. I just wasn't well enough to decide hey let me go check out some locations however i did make it to historic montreal which they have an awesome biking system in montreal by the way if you're not familiar and um i i had to go get like some french canadian beer so of course you know i was all about uh, i'm a little bit of a beer snob i haven't had as much beer lately because i'm trying to watch the carbs anyways i digress um sorry i started that tangent. that's it that's all you and we don't guys if you get familiar with us we don't have the xylophone here with us. Zombie toots. He he, he took back. it back. When we get off track, one of us hits that xylophone. So be on the lookout for that because probably going to happen a lot <laughs> once again, even though I make these empty promises. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so regarding this movie, Cronenberg originally called this movie we're talking about Orgy of the Blood Parasites. Then it became known as just the Parasite Murders. Um now, this was when it first released, was known as They Came From Within here in the United States. Uh, then came the Canadian title, which we all know and love, also known to French horror fans as Frissons. Um, you know, if you get a chance, dear listener, check out the history on the films that came out of the Canadian Film Development Corporation, just like Shivers. Shivers is actually the first Canadian tax shelter movie that made the CFDC um, a profit and, and a very good profit. This is um, Cronenberg really hadn't made a big time movie yet. And they and Cineplex took him in and showed him the ropes. Um, and that's kind of how he got to start. Really he had a couple ones before this, but this is where he really started to turn a corner. So Carrie. Now on to movie <laughs> morsels. Let's listen to the shivers trailer. Oh guys. And you got to know the stewardess voice. It's just becoming a thing here lately. Sorry, Carrie. <laughs> Not sorry. Um, I love the music and shivers, Carrie. It's so unsettling, foreboding. It's a slow creep that amps up to a runaway train. That's how I describe like it starts off so slow and innocent and then it gets bizarre fast. Uh, uh, I was going to say it gets bizarre real fast. <laughs> yeah. So th this is just a potent way to kick off season two. If you think you're not afraid of the dark, if you think you have a strong stomach, if you feel nothing can shock you, if you say you don't scare easily, if you believe you've seen everything, then prepare yourself for a motion picture that takes you beyond fear beyond your wildest nightmares and brings you face to face with terror. 
beyond the power of priest or science to exercise. What are they? Raging demons from another world? Bloodthirsty creatures that must be killed? Or incarnations of absolute evil? They possess men, women, and children, and drive them to acts of unbelievable horror. No one is safe from them. No power on earth can stop them. The only escape is death. If this picture doesn't make you scream and squirm, you'd better see a psychiatrist. Quick. So, Carrie, what do you think about that Shivers trailer? I don't think it does the movie justice. It, it gets you curious enough, you know, which is what they were going for without giving too much away. I, it also could have turned some people off, in my opinion, because it's it's a very well done movie. Yeah. Um, I know this has been said a lot about Shivers. Um it definitely, the trailer gives off a grindhouse feel, but to me it has enough depth to it, enough curiosity to it. Put yourself, uh, dear listener, in the mid-70s. Um, some of you were probably alive then. You and I, this was a little bit before I was going to say that. We're 80s babies. Um, but, you know, people were still getting familiar with the idea of zombies or outbreaks. Um, <clears throat> this takes it really in its own unique direction. Uh, it, this trailer piques the interest. So I would say <clears throat> between movies like Night of the Living Dead with Romero and then Jorge Grau with The Living Dead at Manchester Morgue, we actually talked about that one in episode 14 last season. Um, that's one we discovered in the past year, thanks to Jake the Midnight Traveler. Guys like um, Umberto Lenzi in Nightmare City, even though he says it's not a zombie film, it sort of kind of is and there's no denying it and then shivers this was really the beginning of the idea of this outbreak this apoc apocalyptic theme going on so moving right along to another section of movie morsels we like to kind of do a shortened version now of the poster and tagline discussion and uh i always tell people you know while you're listening if you want to know it's kind of awkward being that we're an audio only pod but you know pull up google us look on your phone you know, while you're talking, if you want to, but, um, a lot of you are familiar, I'm sure with the Shivers poster. And if you're not, um, we can do a little description. We can do a little description. I mean, it's got, I love finding pictures of old posters that have the bends, the folds in them. Um, the tagline again, being terrified is just the beginning. And, um, we've got the shivers and like this really odd, well, really parasitic green font in that typical 70s kind of like window blind outline. Fade. Fade. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it looks like a 3D effect. I still love how posters back in the day, they might put the X in the corner and they might put the little words color. And of course, you're, if you're in Canada or Great Britain, it's color with a U. <laughs> yes, not the U.S. color. <laughs> um, and then this one, one first prize, as the poster wants to tell you, at the International Fist, uh, Festival. 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 Festival of Horror Films um, in 1975 in uh, what's that place called? Sitka's. Um, so it, it, it likes the, it's got that little red um, label on it to, to say, hey. This, this is, is legit. First some, prize. Some people love this. 
one blue ribbon in the pig contest. Yeah. In the parasite contest. In the pie eating by contest. The, by the way, Carrie, <clears throat> you think Alien franchise owes a little something to Cronenberg, you oh, think, maybe? Oh, yeah. <laughs> okay, we're a few years out uh-huh. still from Alien, and uh, there's quite a few similarities. So I'm not going to say that. Uh, they stole from it and i do know some people from alien worked on shivers so i'm just saying maybe they were just inspired inspired by that so yeah (laughs) so there's that one we've got heavy the black heavy the black yeah well we have a woman in a bathtub that's like leaning out just to describe what's so funny is that she's generic she doesn't actually represent any of the characters no so who was the inspiration for this poster that is none of the characters um that bath water looks like a tub full of swamp colored clay and it doesn't look like water at all it, it does not look like water yeah um it, it looks almost like looks paint. like he's in a tub of mashed potatoes it or looks something. like paint like even paint yeah so we've got t e r r o r spells terror terror you have those dashes in between on this picture. Yeah. beyond the power of priest or science to exercise make sure that you people who said hey you went to see the exorcist don't you want to see they came from, from within, within. <laughs> yeah even though there is no exorcism a shivers as we explained earlier okay um I prefer, I'm going to say one thing about the second poster. Aside from the fact that this was what it was named for our market here mm-hmm. in the U.S., I actually prefer the green in this versus the green up here. It's okay. a much more muted green. Yes, which is uh, 70s and the earthy, yeah. pukey, muted earth colors. Um, this one looks like it was like redistributed in like four video market almost, yeah. even though that wasn't a thing yet. Um and it's got the washed out white. So I'm going to I'm going to say Carrie, what do you think about the two different taglines? Um I like that neither one of them gives a lot. Yeah, of it doesn't. Um and it both prominently speaks about a bathtub scene if you are listening. Um and you've seen this movie, you know, there's a bathtub scene that's pretty horrific if if you're watching it. So I could see why they focused on yeah. that being on the poster. Yeah, with the one of the original scream queens really barbara Steele. um movies like this you come to find out the filmography of a lot of these actors and actresses and it's like people especially in our generation will say oh you know jamie lee curtis and then nev campbell were the original scream queens there's a lot of scream queens out there nope there's a lot especially if you're into 70s horror and you just stay within that decade and you just even look at hammer films alone oh my gosh yes. i mean ingrid pitt we could talk about her all day and all of her movies you know the the karstein trilogy and whatnot but again i digress and that's a topic for another day um so which one do you prefer um they're both good um i like them both this is actually a really tough one for me I I like different aspects from each of them. Like I do like the green outline on the second poster more, but I like the bathtub scene mm-hmm. from the first one. So if they combined them into a poster, you're right. That's what I would prefer. Which tagline do you like? This very simple one or the extended one? I kind of like the extended I, one. I knew you were going that route. Well, I, I always, you know, I'm yeah. long-winded. <laughs> I I like the simple one. You know, it's okay. Very good. 
you know, we're sitting awfully close together in this episode. Is uh, you're starting to look at me funny, or Carrie? I don't like that that gleam in your eye. Ah, so <clears throat> there's a parasite. Come and give me a kiss, up. honey. Oh God. Talk about, and we'll get into effects here in a little bit. Talk about the very understated but very realistic uh, effects. So now, guys, another part of movie morsels is we're gonna do our own alternate taglines. Carrie, take it away. Okay. Join our community. Live, laugh, and love. <laughs> this is like if the if the Starline Towers, I was a Starliner, Starliner. Starliner, I believe. So if they had like their own Hallmark card or postcard, I feel like your tagline would be on a postcard from there or something. I don't know why somebody would have sent a postcard from an apartment complex, but okay. Because it's not just a complex. You're right. Okay. And to your point, my alternate tagline that I created is Starliner Towers, more than just luxurious apartments. It's a lifestyle that keeps the surprises coming. <laughs> and I'm saying it like in the realtor's voice. Hello, Mr. and Mrs. Zambelli. Are you here for the one bedroom or the two bedroom panoramic view? How about let's go for three? <laughs> three of what? If you know what I mean, and I think you do. <clears throat> uh, we're way beyond threesomes of this movie. Okay, we have a whole apartment community. Orgies. Oh my God. It's so weird. I love this movie. So, oh, here's the male wolf. Male wolf. Welcome back to season two, buddy. Uh, it's been a while. He's kind of like been hibernating off and on the past couple of weeks. But um, okay, yeah, uh, yes, I will tell him where to stream. So if okay, Mail Wolf says if you have Roku, you're in luck. Um, what else he say? Looks like on Amazon, you're gonna have to pay for it. Well, that's a bummer. And listen, guys, <clears throat> yes, I will tell him the importance of physical media. Okay. Yes, the guy. I will go down your guide line by line, Mel Wolf. Thank you, good boy. Uh, okay, so these like bombastic side eyeing me here, as ghostly puppers would say. The Mel Wolf highly recommends the Vestron Blu-ray. That's the one we have that comes with the uh, digital code actually for ten bucks. It's loaded with special features, two separate audio commentaries by the writer and producer, interview with Cronenberg, an interview with our nurse, Lynn Lowry, um, who was in a lot of Canadian softcore, special effects interview, and we'll get into that gentleman in a little bit, and then celebrating Cineplex, who gave Cronen, uh, Cronenberg his first shot. And then there's actually even another archival older Cronenberg interview from 88, um, and then, of course, you get the usual quirky stills, trailers, etc. that you usually find. Uh, Male Wolf also wants to note there is a $6 just DVD. So it's kind of like, ah, I'm not sure. I'm not a big Cronenberg guy or I've only seen this later stuff. Drop six bucks, order it. Um, I know the Walmart Steelbooks has kind of been like a thing. Seen a lot of people saying, "Hey, I've got like four different copies of this movie now. You see the new Steelbook artwork they have at Walmart for twenty bucks." But um, so yeah, that that's the gist of it. Thank you, Melwolf. Um, so now, guys, uh, for you new listeners especially, we are going to move on to the hellish DFM incline. And uh, as you know, we are a full spoiler pod. So Carrie, take it away. Here's your spoiler warning. And then after that. We'll be Jake the Midnight Traveler. We'll be back real soon, guys. Welcome 
to the DFM Spoilers Incline. If you haven't watched this week's film or aren't a spoiler hound, you may want to skip this ride. For everyone else, welcome aboard. Please take a seat. Reminder to passengers, as we descend, we ask that you not feed the ghouls or hounds of hell. Enjoy the nightmarish landscape by moonlight as we descend 6,666 eons of brimstone. You now have arrived at your final destination. Spoilers ahead. You are warned. For more information on what an incline is, Google that shit. Now comes DFM's very own Jake the Midnight Traveler. No, he's an emotional support male wolf. Case and Carrie. Roger, I had a very disturbing dream last night. In this dream, I found myself making love to a strange man. Only, I'm having trouble, you see, because he's old and dying, and he smells bad, and I find him repulsive. But then he tells me that everything is erotic, that everything is sexual. You know what I mean? He tells me that even old flesh is erotic flesh, that disease is the love of two alien kinds of creatures for each other, that even dying is an act of eroticism, that talking is sexual, that breathing is sexual, that even to physically exist is sexual. And I believe him, and we make love beautifully. Well, I guess when you put it that way... (laughs) Hello again, my fiendish friends of fright. It's me, Jake, the midnight traveler back after the holiday hiatus to share a little scare or two with you. The break was good, but you know my restless soul and that I've been itching at the bit to get back down to this horror business. I must say, you guys picked a good one to start 2024 off for sure as we head back north, over the border, to the undisputed king of Canadian horror and sci-fi cinema, with David Cronenberg's Shivers, which begs the question, how hungry are you for love? I guess it was during the horror blitz of my 20s, I was able to catch this one on digital cable late one evening, as I so often did, as this one was specifically name-checked by James Gunn as the main inspiration for his film, Slither, which I actually think takes more from Night of the Creeps, but I digress. And I'd already seen a few Cronenberg pictures by this point and was really happy with what I'd seen. I must say that what I saw really flipped me on my ear and made me ask some questions that I'd never asked myself while watching a horror film before. Right out of the gate, Cronenberg had a solid hit with this film, which was his first really big budget release that made an international impact outside of his native Canada. And also right out of the gate, he was challenging cultural and societal norms with a vengeance. Completely eschewing any mention of the supernatural in his work, Cronenberg used the horrors of science and modern technology to tell torrid tales of terror to trouble the throngs of ticket holders. By implementing this one rule, he had gained an edge over all of his contemporaries 
and rode out a hot streak that spanned two decades on the conservative side with what was eventually christened body horror. This film begins with a slideshow of a brand new swanky apartment high-rise on an urban island in Montreal, Canada. Everything is new, clean, and sophisticated, and they are ready for new tenants, but I doubt they could foresee what was coming. Cut to a teenage girl who has barricaded herself in another apartment while an older man is breaking down the door from the outside. He makes his way in and dispatches the girl and then himself with a ghoulish slash across his own throat. Clearly, we waste no time here. Basically, the residents of a suburban high-rise apartment building are being infected by a strain of parasites that turn them into mindless sex-crazed fiends out to infect others by the slightest sexual contact. That older, now-dead gentleman-slash-murderer was a doctor who had created a parasite that could take over the function of a human organ, which could help roll with transplants. Sounds good, right? Well, the doc was actually a little crazy and not entirely honest and really created these parasites as a, quote, combination of aphrodisiac and venereal disease that will hopefully turn the world into one beautiful mindless orgy, end quote. In other words, the doc believed that modern humans had become over-intellectual and estranged from their primal impulses, and he created a bunch of little sex monsters that make humans into bigger sex monsters. Compounding problem was that the doc's guinea pig, the one he murdered in the first few minutes of the film, had already been quite active in the building, and the little sex creatures were already starting to spread through the various apartments and businesses on the island at a rather rapid rate. Now, while all of this is going on, we have not only a great horror movie, but a critique on modern urban living and sexuality in general. In the hands of another filmmaker, this could be a mess, but with Cronenberg at the helm, it's all woven together beautifully. It asks the question, have we become too intellectual at the cost of our base instincts? Maybe. But then you have to ask, well, is it better to be a sex-crazed maniac or act with a little bit of impunity and self-control as we actually try to build a society? In the case of Nicholas and Janie Tudor, one of the couples at the center of this film, do we need something this drastic to keep our sex lives interesting and out of other people's bedrooms to keep up the promises of monogamy? All these questions and many more went through my mind as hordes of sexually charged, infected humans bum-rushed the young, the elderly, and pretty much anyone who is within sight. Now, the two shining stars in the cast here, for me, are the beautiful Lynn Lowry and the powerful Barbara Steele, two veterans of the genre that I am always happy to see on the screen, especially Lowry, who I think gives her best performance in this film. That aside, seeing Barbara Steele play an openly gay female character with such depth around this time was, to me, a revelation. 
played without any hint of caricature. She comes off as a truly sympathetic figure in the film, even after she's infected. You can tell that with or without the parasite, she truly wants and desires Janie wholeheartedly. Cronenberg has often been accused of cold sterility in some of his works, but this one especially has heart in it if you just know where to look. Being the smartass that I am as the film drew to a conclusion in the pool scene, I couldn't help but ask myself one last question. One that in all my years of movie watching, of seeing countless hordes of infected living, dead, or undead, have never considered to ask myself, since this was the first time I'd ever actually seen a mob that didn't, that did want to infect me, but not actually kill me. Wait, should I actually be running away from these guys? <laughs> Think about it. They just want a good time and for you to be a part of it, right? <laughs> My apologies. It was only a matter of time before I had to ask that question. But then again, I probably wasn't the only one, was I? This is a solid piece of film that can be enjoyed on many levels and is another one on my Midnight Essentials list. As for me, I guess I gotta be going. Need to catch that flight to Montreal. I hear things are getting lit up there, and I want in on some of that action. See you next midnight, Jake. Okay, Jake, thank you. You do the Lynn Lowry dialogue justice, Jake. We miss you. Hope everything's going well out there in whatever dimension you're at currently. Um, maybe it's the fourth dimension. Maybe he's traveling, currently traveling to where we're at. Just make sure if you get here in time for the episode that it's here and not before or after this time period. Anyways, K Carrie, out of all the Cronenberg films, what's your favorite? That is a really hard question. There's I... a lot of recent ones in the past 20 years yeah. that are pretty awesome too that aren't even horror either. I feel like I feel like I can't answer that at this moment because I want to see some more before I make that decision. Let me name one for you. I swear this has to be your favorite. It's it's got to be Eastern Promises. Oh my god, yeah. Yeah, see most people I didn't realize. Yes, most people don't oh, think of Cronenberg outside of horror. That okay? we actually went to the theaters to see that. Yes, we did. Dude, we did. <laughs> it's been a long day. Yeah. So So the sh the shivers. <laughs> Shiver me timbers. <clears throat> so this one is mine. Shivers is my favorite, but I will say The Brood and then Videodrome are kind of like tied for second place for me. And yes, Eastern Promises is amazing. Okay. Um, Vigo Morrison, you're the man. I always wish we got a sequel to that. And for a while they were talking about a sequel. They were, yeah. And now we're getting away from horror. I mean, it felt like the Godfather for the 2000s, but you know, like Russians in London. Um, Scanners is not one that does not warrant high replay for me. It's just not my thing. Yeah, it was like the editing was kind of choppy. It and... was a good storyline, but yeah, it's it, not bad. Yeah. It's not bad at all. It's it's a fun. Movie. It was just yeah, it felt you, disjointed when you put it up against the other ones. It's kind of like okay, all right, not this one again. You know, I'm I'm fine going back to the Brood or Shivers or Videodrome or non horror, but um. We still need to see Vigo in the newer crimes of the future. Our yeah. man who played the apartment real estate agent, 
was in the original Crimes of the Future. Before I wanna, I, see, I would, I want to see that one first before sure. I see the, the comparison. New yeah. So, um, everyone, you know, all the Cronenberg fams, fams, Orphan. lots of Cronenberg DNA out there. No, everyone has their favorite like apartment dweller from this film. Um, but besides that. Okay, I want to point out the man who is known as perhaps the lowest voice. Um, and oh, by the way, we're talking creator, casting character, notables, people. Um, should have led with that. Uh, in all of moviedom, okay, we've got Rolo Linsky, played by Joel Silver. He's the he's the guy that our doctor goes and talks to, the scientist, and he's eating the lunch and the pickle. And he's joking with him, hey, how about some mustard for that pickle? Um, he was actually in Rabbit as well. Um, he's got the really deep voice talking about the parasite. Um, hardcore Creep Show 2 fans will remind you, dear listener, that he voiced our cartoon creep. And you can kind of, when you listen to him in Shivers, you can hear it. Hello, kitties. Um, shout out now, because we're Pennsylvania people, to Greenberg, Pennsylvania. Um, the native special effects man in this movie, Joe Blasco, who would also do Rabbit with Cronenberg and a couple episodes of the Dark Room series. Um, but he also worked on, there's a big long list of things he worked on, but uh, Ilsa, the She-Wolf of the SS. So you do have a grindhouse feel to this movie, a lo-fi grindhouse. And it's no wonder you've got a guy who worked on one of the bigger grindhouse movies ever, Ilsa banned forever and how many however many countries and nobody wants to touch a dvd recreation but uh it's out there if you want it um now guys that brings us to intermission uh listen in new listeners for the trailers during intermission to see what carrie and i picked to pair with shivers for a double feature um carrie any other thoughts to add before intermission no it was no she's looking at me quizzically all right well while you're confused let me just throw in a joke <laughs> you don't want me to say any jokes go, go ahead oh you don't seem too enthused for my jokes okay well why did the dad approve of his daughter's goalie boyfriend since we're talking canada not no i don't know he was a real keeper <laughs> see oh, you for segment goodness. two guys or etc i love you <laughs> Crash victim? Yes. There seem to be three times as many cars as there were before the accident. I need to see you, Ballard. I need to talk to you about the project. <laughs> Beyond pleasure. Beyond pain. Beyond obsession. It's something we are all intimately involved in. Lies the rapture and the rage of Crash. Alliance Releasing invites you to fasten your seatbelt. You coming?
I'm Chili Dilly, the personality pickle. Packed in a jar for the freshest flavor. Served cold in a sack for you to savor. So dainty to eat, no muss, no fuss. An ideal snack for all of us. Crisp, tender, and tasty with a bit of spice. Buy one now. Taste how nice. Snack bar clerks will knock themselves silly. Speeding your order for a real Chili Dilly. In 1974, we sent a message to the farthest reaches of the galaxy. We have a serious emergency on our hands. She escaped? Yesterday, we received a reply. You made her, the damn thing got away. Now you want us to kill it. Something's wrong. Open the damn door! Hunt her down. She wants to have a baby. She'll kill anyone that gets in her way. I think she's trying to mate. She can have a dozen babies. For three million years, the human race has been at the top of the evolutionary ladder. Oh, God. Nothing lasts forever. Okay, guys, we are back to segment two, horror, etc. Um, horror, etc. has morphed over time, Carrie. It used to be this big, long thing where we really dove deep into really random topics, often not associated with the movie, um, because we just felt like talking about something else. <laughs> and now we've kind of narrowed it down and made it a little bit more related to pinpointed what, pinpointed okay um so guys we're gonna talk right out of the gate now and horror etc after intermission by the way you guys love that chili dilly uh drive-in ad we'll throw in some of those in between the trailers too i i had to give a shout out to our creep uh with the pickle but anyways um yeah that was me who picked another cronenberg film and it's actually one that most people don't talk about um because it kind of gets lost in the shuffle um, it, it's got, uh, Spader in it, James Spader, yeah. uh, crash because with Cronenberg, you can never have enough bizarre or niche sexuality or kink, kink driven, literally kink driven as in the car that you're crashing and them getting off on it. Um, it's a little deviant in nature compared to shivers, but still it's got that clinical cold side. I almost picked the brood. Because it has such a similar atmosphere, tone, style. I actually really enjoyed The Brood. I didn't see the entire ending. Yeah, you know what? Most people say, okay, Shivers is my favorite or Rabbit is my favorite. And I can see that. Favorite. I, I liked Rabbit a lot. Not as much as The Brood. Yeah. The I Brood was so funky. and um, It was out there. It was really out there. And um, who is the British gentleman that's in The Brood? was also in a lot of Hammer films. And of course, I'm going to completely lose it now. Um, gosh. But I, I love The Brood. Um, I love, again, the the body horror, the special effects with The Brood. Um, it's a very literal title. So. Yeah. Oliver Reed. Yes. Thank you. It just, it just I knew it came began with an O. I'm yeah. like, I'm thinking. Oh, oh, really? Did it begin with an O? <laughs> Very apropos <laughs> with your O. Carrie. It was not a pun intended. So, um, so Carrie, my turn. 
carry. <laughs> Obviously, now that I went on a tangent about Crash and oh my, <laughs> uh, Carrie, it's your turn, and of course you picked. I picked Species. They're both very sexual in nature. Good combo. You have this female alien trying to mate, and then the parasites and shivers consuming people, turning them to nonstop insatiable sex cravers. <laughs> Scientists unleash an id-driven experiment oh. gone wrong. Oh, you're getting like you know really deep and philosophical here with the id discussion. Um, you know more about that stuff than I do. But we're gonna move right along. Here is this week's what the hell moment for shivers. What the hell? What the hell? What the hell is that? Um, okay. The Steve Martin portion of that little intro gets me every time. Uh, I'm going to cheat a little bit and create an alternate to this what the hell moment. I'm going to go with who the hell is that? And I mentioned him a little bit earlier. We have a what the hell moment um, every episode now, but I'm, I'm going with a character moment here. Um, who is around... Since people in the late 60s, early 70s said, who the hell is Cronenberg? And that is Ronald Blodzik, who was part of his early work, stereo work. And again, like I said earlier, the, the early crimes of the future uh, here and Shivers, of course, in Rabbit. He's our realtor agent for um, Starliner. There just isn't any actor in all of North American continent quite like him. He's eccentric. He's odd. Um, I could have seen him like working at a saloon in a spaghetti Western like the quiet guy behind the bar just it just adds that guy adds this clinical coldness that I keep talking about with Cronenberg style he greets us in the beginning um, with the slideshow of the community and he that guy sets the tone does he have a secret so I'll bring it around to an actual what the hell moment I I tend to think so so um the moment that we see and the beginning in the elevator between him and Nicholas um, when he's about to show the place around to the two newlyweds, they kind of side eye each other for a split second. And it's like, oh, wait a second. Do they know that the, that this parasite's going around? Did they have an affair with each other even? Is that why? Mm. Does does our man, the the realtor agent, does he know that all of his tenants that have been with that younger woman? I late teenage. Well, really. you can you can tell that he probably knew where he was going. Mm-hmm. There's something sinister about yeah. that guy. It just he's got that. He could he could have been like that guy. He could have been in Sony movies. It almost looks like he belongs in like a Roger Moore Bond film. Or like he could have been like a demon making deals like for souls and stuff like that. Like oh, yeah, that... like like he should have yeah. been on the night gallery or yeah. something like that. Yeah, nice. Good call, Carrie. So what's your favorite what the hell moment? Now that I went on a tangent about uh our man Ronald. So you chose a who. I chose kind of a and a what at the end, the I... elevator scene. I okay. chose a what. Okay, yeah, you cut to the chase more than I do. So it's the swimming pool at the end, how they all just wind up there and they crash in and he can't escape our sole survivor, basically. I love when they go slow-mo with moments yeah. like this, too. Yeah. It's a nice touch. And he he's the last man standing. They all somehow end up at the swimming pool at the same time. It, yeah. it, it's so weird that they're all there in the end. Like they could have ended up like they make a point of showing you the doctor's office. Yeah. They make a point of showing you the 
store to get the what is it a it's not a flea market but it's almost just like a convenience store basically yeah even though there's not one scene in the convenience store it actually would have been cool if they would have ended up at the orgy in the end like even just in the lobby like well, it just to me it's like or down in the garage or something like that some, something the the garage scene that's kind of like in uh in demons 2 or whatever it is when they're or not or was it demons 1 death the, wish 2 kind of wait, wait where are you going with death wish now <laughs> well the attacking speaking of that i really want to do and there's no xylophone so i feel safe doing this <laughs> <laughs> we really need to do like a police procedural horror movie for like a bonus episode now that you brought up death wish and shivers episode i get to pick the movie no i do no i do what are you gonna pick cruising no because i was gonna pick 10 to midnight because you know i'm obsessed with that movie assault on precinct 13 no, a police procedural slasher. Oh, I didn't get with the last part. I didn't hear the last part. Okay, so any other thoughts about your <laughs> pool orgy? You know what? Cronenberg's got something with water because how about in Rabbit where she yeah. ends up in the hot tub? Oh, yeah. Okay. There's def- definitely some water theme going on. Um, any other thoughts about what the hell? It, there's so many what the hell moments, actually. It was really hard to choose. You have the scenes in the elevators. You have the kids crawling around like dogs. Yeah. I, I mean. Uh, the, when they add the kids, that gives yeah. me the creeps. Oof. Um, and I've got the lady with the clear umbrella. Oh, those poor birds. Oh, they're in heaven now. <laughs> Splat. <laughs> you need to get your eyes checked, lady. Um, now, Carrie, what about favorite death and or effect? And again, this is a hard one to pick in a Cronenberg film, especially the effects. Okay. It's our boy Nicholas and the creatures within his stomach. And he's talking. You and me are going to be good friends. Good friends. Shh. Attaboy. Attaboy. Yes, he's getting off from the parasites. That was... When we watched this for the first time, I'm like, this shit's messed up right here. Um, I'm not going with a death per se, because I, I just think the effects are so cool. But... um. You know what? Yeah, I mean, I'm going to go with your what the hell moment where a main character, the doctor, is consumed in the pool. There's just no escape from the parasites, and it's going to spread. And I I do like that they took this idea and expanded it in an apocalyptic way like rabid. So you see them pulling out of the cars at the end. Um, you know that they're about to go spread those parasites out to Montreal and then eventually the, the world. Um so yeah, I mean, the the lady that bursts out, um, and there's the guy, the hotel worker that says, "I need some love. I'm ready for some love." That was good. <laughs> she looked like a character that could have been on All in the Family or something oh, yeah. like that. Can you imagine shivers? But it's at Archie Bunker's house. Oh my God. Hey, come here, Eddie. Edith. Come here. Give me a kiss. You want to make love, Edith? Oh my God. Um, now, guys, we're moving on to rating. Carrie, what are you rating? I'm giving Shivers. this a four. I really enjoyed it. I don't know that I can say it's my favorite Cronenberg, but I really enjoyed it. It's really well done, all the effects and everything, the storyline. For as short of a movie it is, it doesn't feel that way. Yeah. No, it doesn't. They pack a lot. Like I said earlier, it's potent. This is a very potent movie. Like, 
you don't need a long run time because there is a lot going on from beginning to middle to end. There is not one down moment in this movie. But again, it doesn't feel rushed. It feels like you get a lot in under 90 minutes. I mean, 88 minutes long. And man, it's like you leave feeling satisfied. Uh, <laughs> pun. And, uh, no, no, I swear that pun. It just came out. That was not intended. <laughs> um, no, I'm, I'm actually, like I said, when you've got there's so many different elements in history to this film and history to Cronenberg starting getting a start in filmmaking. The fact that this is a Canadian tax shelter film by a guy who had never done a big movie before people were showing them ropes. He made this movie as he was learning. Um, and you get this efficiency, you get the amazing creature effects. You get the societal messages that we like to talk about on this. You pod. get the storyline. You get the storyline. You get the such quirky, odd, bizarre characters. How about he's got to focus on people with really exaggerated features, yeah. too, by the way. Yeah. Um, Lots of people with big eyes or big noses. Be on the lookout for Cronenberg actors and the way that they look. Um, It's a thing, I swear to you. I, I have to give this a four and a half. We've only ever rated one movie a perfect five, and that was the last season when we talked about The Omen. This is close. This is really close, but I I just can't go there because it does have some low budget things working against it, and that but that's nitpicking. Four and a half, guys. We use the flamethrower rating system because our first episode when we were having echo issues, um, we talked about the thing, which we're going to have to do the thing in the house of the devil revisited. Yeah. Um, but like yeah, a, like a mini version that brings us to a 4.25 out of five flamethrowers. Now, guys, to close out this episode, um, we're going to kind of do our random or not so random topic of the week. And uh, most of the time we do kind of like a top five or a top ten horror list. So, Carrie, that begs the question, does Shivers belong in your top five horror movies with an apartment, hotel or resort setting? Now, it, it doesn't have to be the main focus, but... We need the apartment or the hotel scenes heavily tied to the plot or kills or whatever. You know what I mean. I know what you mean. Uh, unfortunately, it does not for me. It does not. So my... I mean, there's a lot out yeah, there. Yeah, there's That's a fair. lot out That's there. Fair. Um, Number five for me, Child's Play. Mm. I mean, you have the one of the main focuses. So many scenes are in the apartment. I can't be mad at a Tom Holland selection making your list. So number four for me. Let the right one in the Swedish original version. That at... is such. I don't know too many people that would pick that, Carrie. That is such a good one, though. Like I never would have thought of that one in a million years. That's well, I remember cool. when you showed it to me, it stuck very much in my mind because you know me. I don't like. I don't the, mind the, subtitles. Yeah, I the, like subtitles. The clo. Yeah. I like it. The U.S. Um, version, I just, yeah. I mean, I like it sometimes. Yeah. But the movie's really got to pull me in for me to, ex like, forgive the subtitles. See, for me, it doesn't matter. There are some Jollos out there with subtitles that grate on my nerves. That's all I'm going to say. <sighs> the killer is one of 13. <clears throat> uh, listen, even me... Who doesn't mind subtitles? I thought this so, is way too this, much talking. So opera Jollo, the killer is one of thirteen. And let's sit here and talk for ten minutes about why we're mad at the other character 
and why it has nothing to do with the killer that's on the loose. It's seriously a soap opera. It, it, if you guys thought like movies like Girls Night Out, the 80s slasher that talks about relationships a little too much, take that and amplify it by a thousand. It's the soap opera Jalo. So anyway, subtitles okay. are okay when it's a great movie. Yeah. Okay. So number three for me, and this is one we actually did in, in season one, Rear Window, episode 20. Nice. Check that one out, guys. I, I'm I'm really proud of that one. If you've gotten to listen to us and you've gotten to know us, you know I love Hitchcock movies. And you know what about the DFM pod here uh, and the DFM fam that's been with us already knows this. We will do horror adjacent movies too. Um, that is kind of like our little thing, our little niche or whatever. We will do um, thrillers, uh, psychological thrillers that are horror adjacent. We've even done the horrors of war. <laughs> okay, we did that World War II buried movie that was like burial. Burial. See, I couldn't even remember it. Um, but it's like this is the biggest stretch calling this a horror movie ever. But hey, that's hey. what makes us different. Okay, what about number two, Carrie? So number two, and this is another one that we did. Love this one. Watcher. We, episode eighteen. Go back, season one. Listen to it. I will say there is a disclaimer. Yeah, trigger warning. Trigger warning on that one. I love that movie. I love how it's done. Um, that horror, et cetera, was yeah. especially creepy. Yeah. That, that segment where I read the the poetry from the stalker's oh, yeah. point of view. That was... Yeah, I, I, I felt a little messed up yeah. after that. If you haven't seen that movie, watch it. Yeah, Micah Monroe in that is amazing. And I know we've got a couple more Micah Monroe movies coming out. Um what about your number one, Carrie? So my number one, and this is one that you, you forgot about, too. I did. Yeah. And I'm admittedly not that big of a fan of this movie. Rosemary's Baby. Yeah. I mean, and again, if, you, if you've gotten to know me over the past season one, I do love older movies. Sure. I do. So that's, that's kind of like, it feels like home to me. Here's the problem with me and Rosemary's Baby. Um, I like it. Except I saw it after other demonic possession and or Satan movies. If I would have watched Rosemary's Baby before I watched The Omen or before I watched Exorcist, I probably would have liked it a little bit more. I, look, it's got its place in horror history. It, it is a great movie. And I've probably seen that before some of the other ones that you were just naming. You're not a big Exorcist fan. I, you know, it. The, okay. The, the most recent watch, you seem to like it a little bit more. So for me, that movie was... I tried to watch it when I was a teenager. I really tried. Both me and my one uh, neighbor who were both movie fans. That was the one thing that we read really much in common. And we were the only like girls around our age in our neighborhood. So we rented it and tried to watch it. And we were so tired that we fell asleep. And then several years later, I tried to watch it again, and again, I was tired and I fell asleep. So it was just something I could not get over. So, um, any honorable mentions? Oh, yeah. So, honorable mention to Evil Dead Rise. We also did that on episode 11 where yeah, we, we took yeah. Zombie Toots and Ghostly Poppers to see it. Yep, opening weekend. That yep. was a great one. Yep, and Shivers. So it does make my honorable mention. Maybe we should do a Thanksgiving bonus episode because probably did, that is one we saw on our pod break probably um devil's advocate <laughs> that's such a 
Oh, you want to talk about soap opera? Such a yeah, but there's a lot going on in that one. That one at least keeps you engaged. <clears throat> that's definitely like that's borderline horror adjacent because yeah. it is. I mean, it's got the devil in it, obviously, but <clears throat> it is more. If you take the devil out of that movie, it's like a walk among the clouds or something. No, uh-uh. <laughs> Don't mess with my walk among the clouds. I love that movie. The real question is, <clears throat> and if you guys go I back. I went to the movie theater to see that. Jesus. To the walk among the clouds? Because I saw The Devil's Advocate in the theater. Yeah. It was amazing. Yeah. I, I like The Devil's Advocate a lot. Um, the real question is, and for you DFM fam that's been following us since the beginning, how is The Devil's Advocate connected to Mystic Pizza? <laughs> <laughs> because everything is tied back to Vincent D'Onofrio and Mystic Pizza. I'm telling you, it's like, I don't know, 20 degrees to Mystic Pizza or something like <laughs> <No>. that. <laughs> no, there's so many there's movies so of this, like, it was only three degrees removed. I'm yeah. like, this is nuts. Freaking Vincent D'Onofrio. You're responsible, Vincent <laughs> D'Onofrio. Um, yeah, you know what? Shivers does make my top five kind of like horror movies set in an apartment. Um, it does make my, it, and it's high up there, but I'm going to start off with... A lot of people, including Jake the Midnight Traveler, will send me a uh, gif of a dumpster on fire going down the river when talking about Poltergeist 3. <laughs> now, let me be clear. Let me be clear. This is not my favorite Poltergeist. Oh, Guys. Polterglacier. There um, uh, we <laughs> go. Poltergeist and glaciers. Um, <laughs> I do love the second one when he's in the sweat lodge. Yeah. Um, that one's my favorite. And I always like continuation sequels. Number four, I've got to go with, and I actually like this one more than Suspiria, Dario Argento's Inferno. And then I'm moving on to number three. And while I prefer the original, this is a great apartment horror movie, Demons 2. Just get rid of the squealing monster and I'm I'm fine. Okay. I'm not saying to remake it. Please don't remake it. Number two is Shivers. It's really high up there. But number one, I've got childhood trauma tied to this movie and getting freaked the F out. Candyman. And by the way, the requel sequel is very good and very creepy. The one by Jordan Peele. Yeah. Did you watch that with me? No, but I've seen a, a lot of his other ones that I, I very much, you know, I really enjoyed Get Out. I think you that was see, my yeah. favorite so far. I enjoyed that. That was good. I really want you to see his Candyman, but you need to see uh, Nope. Yeah. You really need that one. That one's freaky. So, honorable mention to Scream 6. We covered that one in episode 5. VHS has got some apartment horror. Episode 13. <laughs> the damn succubus or whatever she is. The siren. Uh, that's up for debate. Ghost Keeper. Another Canadian tax shelter film. We also did... Um, Death Ship 2, by the way. Uh, I can't remember which episode that was. Another Canadian tax shelter film. Ghost Keeper uh, is in episode 19. If you want to see a Wendigo movie that has no Wendigo in it. Um, or Wendigo. Or, or was also not in the desert as shown in early VHS copies. It was in the wintertime. Episode 39. Don't ask me how I remember all this crappy stuff, but I do. 39. Joe Spinell, Carolyn Monroe. The last horror film. He's out of. It's technically he's not in a part. He's at an apartment with Ma, but he's he's at the resort and and cans cons 
France, the last horror film, aka Maniac 2, Love to Kill. Um, I love that movie. Yeah. That's so quirky and offbeat. It is. Um, that one grows on me. It does. It grows on me. Um, also known as Fanatic with a great um, Depeche Mode intro. Oh, yeah. And the bimbo in the hot tub to Depeche Mode following up that. So um, let's extend this random or not so t- random topic of the week. The whiskey is starting to infiltrate my speech. And so now I'm slurring even more than ever. Hey, baby, you want to give me a kiss? <laughs> I feel like we should kiss on air, being that this is shivers, <laughs> and you should transfer your parasite into my guts. Um, Perry, let's talk about some horror movies. All I'm right. just going to bring them up. You react. Tell me what your thoughts are. If you left it up to me, I would see every single one of these in the movie theater. <clears throat> horror movies that we're looking forward to in 2024. Okay, well, some of these are already streaming, so we don't have to. Destroy All Neighbors on Shutter. Looks absolutely hilarious. Oh, I'm I'm down. The effects, I'm in. I'm in. The effects look awesome. Yeah, I'm in for that. Okay. It now looks here's like a fun one. Now here's one we're already watching. We just watched the third episode. Yeah. True Detective Night Country. Oh, that is it, now supernatural. This is it's already reeling us in. Yeah. Um, I don't want to spoil anything no. for people that haven't started yet or are waiting till the end to binge. You might want to watch uh, season one a little bit. Mm-hmm. Just, just to to know um, a refresher, a refresher. No spoilers. I'm not. Re- I'm not spoiling. You don't have a spoiler warning for this segment, Carrie. Um, hey, now we've got almost just a week, Carrie, till Joe Bob's Valentine's Day special. I know, that's a busy <clears throat> night for us. It is. There might be a oddly enough a fourth, Va- Valentine's fourth grade dance. dance. Uh-uh. as the people. Oh yeah, it's said, a very important it's person. VIP dance. Yes, with heart decorations, but it's not a Valentine's dance. Yes. Um, well, it's third, fourth, and fifth. Listen, I'm a little punchy about school right now, if you know what I mean. Oh, our our zombie suits is already saying, I can't wait to slow dance with someone. Oh, my God. I'm like, oh. Unfortunately, it's going to have it. to be with your brother. <laughs> let's hold it. No, zombie toots. Oh, zombie toots. Yes, ghostly gonna... poppers is like, I don't want to slow dance. Oh, my God. You know what he wants? He wants careless whispers to come on. <laughs> <laughs> so here's one. That comes out next week, actually. Ooh. Now, I actually think this has got like a Renfield vibe. It does. And I actually would take the kids to see this. Lisa Frankenstein coming oh, out, yeah. also coming out on February 9th. Um, not sure we're going to get to that, given that we've got Joe Bob that weekend and the dance. But yeah. um, anyways, at the start of the springtime, speaking of Joe Bob, we've got a guy who was on the zombie episode of the last drive in last season. Late Night with the Devil with David Dash... What is his name? Dasmalshen or Dasmalshen? can never say his last name right. Dasmalshen. David Dasmalshen. Dasmalshen. Um, I don't know. Sorry, David. Sorry. I always butcher that, names. That's a very hard last name. <laughs> well, no, he's awesome. Like, the first time I remember him, he was the guy in the back of the truck on Dark Knight where, yeah. Har- where Harvey points the yeah. him and tells him he wants yeah. information, you could start seeing Harvey crack. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and... Prisoners. Prisoners. Oh, my God. Dana, yeah. you were awesome in prison. You are. If he's listening. 
<laughs> you were awesome in Prisoners. Yeah. You freaked us the hell oh, out. Yeah. Maybe we need to do a bonus episode on Prisoners oh, and that, Zodiac. That whole like scene where he's buying all those kids' clothes and recreating. Ooh. About the maze that he draws on yeah. the wall and oh. the missing book, the, the missing... What is it called? What is that book called? The Missing... The Invisible Man. Yeah. Oh, my God. That uh, freaked me out. Which we've also seen that movie. <laughs> no. I know. Not that no. Invisible Man. But not I'm the just... one with what's-her-name from... Yes. Uh, I, was about, I was about to say Red Shoe Diaries. I was Handmaid. thinking the color red. Handmade. I was thinking the color red. Okay, leave me alone. Um, <laughs> Jesus. <clears throat> Actually, there is lots of Jesus in The Handmaid's Tale. <laughs> um, that's... We're not going to touch that. <laughs> so, uh, around the same time as David Dashelmain, I think I said it right there. Uh, maybe around the same time, we've got Ghostbusters: Frozen Empire, which looked like an episode of the cartoon of real Ghostbusters. Which, by the way, my mom told me today she would like to go see that. Awesome. We'll take her, drop them all off, and then have a date night. <laughs> Some way, somehow, we will finagle this. Um, hey Carrie, here's a little franchise. It's just a little tiny little franchise, but we do love the strangers. We do. And the second one got uh what is it, Pray at Night, got a lot of hate, but, but I actually enjoyed it. We both enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah. Here's another one. I'll wait on this one because of what kind of matter main characters are seemingly not in it. A quiet place day one. I, I'm I'm interested. I'm just to keep the things continued. You know, it's not high on my list. Yeah, you know what though? That I think that's more up my alley. Yeah. Per se, so I think that's like one that like I probably would enjoy more. Here's somebody you enjoy, Josh Hartnett. Ooh. Night Shyamalan movie. I have no clue what it's about. It's called Trap. Google that shit, as you like to say. But um, I'm always excited to see if M Night Shyamalan has got another little comeback in him. He's one of those guys that's like. Oh, did you see the new Shyamalan movie? And then he comes out with another one. He's like, oh, no. Well, what's like your favorite one. one? Off the um, top of your head. Um, Did he do Signs? Yeah. That's my favorite one. Yeah. And then I will tell you, The Village is actually my We actually went and saw favorite. that. Yeah, when we met at, at college. Yeah. Over the summer. We hadn't seen each other all summer long. Yeah. Summer break. Summer loving. Had me a blast in the parking lot. <laughs> okay. Uh, Too much. <laughs> what? We were playing hopscotch. <laughs> um, I swear, officer, we were playing hopscotch. Um, later this summer, here's one we gotta go to the movie theater to see. Mm. Alien Romulus. Oh yeah. Game over, man. Game over. I I can't get enough of alien movies. There's something about them for me. Like, they're all, I love them. New, old, Prometheus, you know. Yeah. I, I, I love the that entire franchise. Hey, we've got also, here's another one, with one of the current Scream Queens of Horror. Yep. Beetlejuice 2 in Who, September, with okay. the original cast coming Ghostly back. Ghostly Popper's been waiting two years for that one. Yeah, I've seen Beetlejuice in a long, long time. I'm going to have to refresh that. Later in October, okay. And December. We've got new iterations of Wolfman and Nosferatu. I'm very intrigued by Ooh. that. Because, actually, you know, it's not who you think it would be. The Vampire Hunter is played by Willem Dafoe and Nosferatu. Oh. You would think it would have been Dafoe as Nosferatu. Yeah. But he already played a version of yeah, that. Yeah, he did. In that one with 
Malkovich. And I yeah. can't remember the name of that one. But anyways. Well, the, and there's something. Shadow of the Vampire. Yep. That's a good bonus episode. Oh, yeah. But anyways, Terrifier 3. I've been begging you. You finally agreed that you like Terrifier 2. I enjoy 2 over 1. Yes. And I know some of you, <clears throat> Jake, don't like All Hallows' Eve, but it has a, it has a very... <laughs> What's the word for it? I've got a lot of love for that because you were pregnant when I tried forcing you to watch that. Yeah. Um. I Yeah, I had to go lay down. So, Carrie, um, any other thoughts to add at the end of this episode? Yeah. Yeah. No, okay. no. Yeah. Okay. okay. So what? All right. What? What? No, 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 no. no. You're, if you want to be done, we'll be done. Oh. Okay. You don't want to be done. Okay. Well, fine then. If you're going to fight me on this, here's another joke for you. I know you've wanted this. What did the scientist say to his Valentine? Not, no clue. I'm, I'm nuts about you. It's not a squirrel. He's a scientist, Gary. <laughs> I think of you periodically. <laughs> Parasitologists. We're talking about shivers, Carrie. They have their own periodic tables. The the parasitologists, snails, scabies. Why are you looking at me that way? Bed bugs, mosquitoes. I I'm not crazy. It is a thing. Hey, I've eaten snails. Fungus mold. Okay, I'm done. I've eaten snails. That's it for this week, guys. It tastes it's good with butter. <laughs> lots and lots of butter. Guys, thanks for kicking off season two with us. Please join us next week as we hang around for another Northern Necker flick with George C. Scott and arguably the best haunted house film perhaps ever. The Changeling. Woohoo! I love George C. Scott. Oh, like he's so good. In just about anything. Can I slap people around like I'm Patton? Is that okay? No. Because I'm going to say like I'm in character. No. By the way, dear listener, I swear the whole Canadian thing, like the whole first four episodes are Canadian films. It was not deliberate. I don't believe you. Yeah, Jake and Carrie don't believe me. Love you guys. Peace out. <laughs> I got you.